Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We are pleased to welcome Andy Herman, who is the owner and producer and host of the very popular Pack-A-Day podcast, Packers Insider from Green Bay. All right, this is three straight wins for Green Bay. Not that long ago, they appeared to be sunk. So, Andy, how did the Packers turn their ship around? And it still seems so surreal that it's almost hard to answer. I First of all, I give Matt LaFleur a ton of credit because there were definitely a lot of questions surrounding him earlier this season. He took over a team with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and a ton of talent. You know, Brian Gutekinds comes in and immediately gets Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, Adrian Amos. And Matt started with a roster that was kind of ready to compete for day one. He inherited a team that had all of this amazing talent, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, and all these really talented players. And all of a sudden, Aaron's gone. Zadarius is gone. You trade away Devontae Adams. And you're left with a roster that's the youngest roster in football. Then Aaron Jones goes down. Then David Bakhtiari goes down. The big question for Matt was, was he going to be able to be the guy that could take a young team, the youngest team in football, and make them into a competitor and really grow with them and make them progress throughout the course of a season? And for a while there, they're sitting at three and six. And it looks like the answer is overwhelmingly no. There's mistakes all over the place, ones that you can't explain. Jordan Love is trying to take a snap, and they're not snapping them the ball, like just tons of stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you get a win and uh, against the Chargers team. They had a lot of mistakes. It got them going in the right direction. They beat the Detroit Lions, e- not easily, but like, uh, you know, they, they impressively. had to, you know, impressively, exactly, on, on Thanksgiving in front of a national audience. And then you beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, again, to follow it up against an even better defense. I think it starts with Matt and how he's been able to turn around this season, but you also have to give a ton of credit to Jordan Love, who you could tell early in the season there were some of those jitters following into 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and he now is the guy, but he has settled down in a really amazing way, and you can tell he just has a level of confidence to him that he did not have earlier in the season. How come? Where did that come from? I think it's a variety of different things. I think the first thing is that Jordan took a lot of the things that he was doing well in training camp, and he really put them into action early in the season. And then the Detroit game, if you go back to week four, the Detroit game kind of sped him up a little bit. Early in the season, the game against the Saints, the Falcons, and the Bears in week one, the protection was pretty good. He was able to go through his progressions. And then week four came, and everything got sped up. And Aiden Hutchinson and actually John Kaminsky, of all people, eat the Packers offensive line alive, but Jordan was still kind of wanting to go through his progressions and he just kept taking sacks and he couldn't get the ball down the field. And it was just kind of a a disjointed effort. And then you could tell after that, he almost got sped up a little bit too much. He was taking checkdowns too many times and he never really got back in that rhythm too much. 
And then you go to that Rams game. It's a Brett Rippon-led quarterback team. Like Green Bay just desperately needed a win in the win column to get them some confidence. Jordan started playing better in that game. They go to Pittsburgh, play competitively in that game. And then, like I said, the Chargers game, the Lions game, the Chiefs game, it all starts coming together. And you could just tell, like, all the things that were kind of going well in training camp got back together. He was going through his reads, going through his progressions. And then the other huge thing is everyone sort of came up around him as well. The offensive line has been much better in pass protection over the course of the past month. Christian Watson, unfortunately, until the injury this past week, is playing extremely well over the course of the past month. Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, we can go on and on, but the supporting cast around him has raised their level of play. And one of the things that a lot of people were excited about with this team is, yeah, you've got a first-time starting quarterback, and yeah, you've got all these rookie tight ends, rookie and second-year wide receivers, but the hope was that they were all going to be able to develop together and sort of gain this chemistry, and then maybe in a year or two, things would start to click. Well, it's kind of happened already where you're starting to see Jordan Love get on the same page with these wide receivers, tight ends, and these really young playmakers on offense, and some of the results are already surprising and really fun to watch, and I think that has a ton to do with the chemistry that they're developing in real time. What else would the Packers say? But I have been impressed from the beginning with how steadfast the locker room has remained in supporting Jordan. Again, what else would they say publicly? But it seems to me that they have been behind him the entire time as soon as it became apparent that the transition would be made. And so to me, that's been impressive and speaks to leadership as well and patient enough to wait until he had some reps and could settle in. Yeah, not only like that belief in him, but like they they went out of their way. And you could tell this was not a fake bravado, like just like, yeah, we're supporting our guy. And of course, like you said, we have to, he's our quarterback, but it was a real true belief. And you could tell it very early on. They have his back all the way. And that locker room is about Jordan Love. They believe in him as not only like their quarterback, but as like the guy in that uh, for the team. And, and just the way that like in, when he gets a game ball in the locker room, how they go crazy for him, like it is really special to watch. And it is really something to see how he has kind of come on as this first time starting quarterback. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's not the guy that's going to you know do this impassionate speech to get everyone going. It, that's not him. He's just steady and calm and collected and every day is the exact same and is a lot of the stuff from his his uh, scouting report back in college and you could see it then where he's just always the same guy day in and day out and that's exactly what it's been you can tell and I think it's just a you know w- w- there's always going to be the debate of Rodgers and how Rodgers led the team and somehow you know and sometimes it kind of took people the wrong way and Jordan's like it's not better or worse it's just different and I think when you had a quarterback that was a little bit older like Aaron and maybe didn't relate quite as well anymore to maybe to some some of the younger players on the team. It feels like Jordan relates just a little bit better. I think there's a comfort level in that locker room. Like I said, it's not necessarily better or worse. It's different, and you can just tell that they have, a like I said, a wholehearted belief in him, and it's not fake. It's not you know, anything but true, and it's really, really fun to see how that kind of has come together and how much faith and belief they do have in him. It's always more fun to talk about 
changes and growth and a team in transition when they're winning too. And they've got the three consecutive wins now. We're always excited to have Andy Herman with us from Wisconsin. He's got the Pack a Day podcast. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so we're going to dive into a little bit of your social media on Monday because <laughs> producer Jay could not wait to bring to my attention a tweet that you put out there. And I love how you start it with a bit of a qualification. We're probably not ready for this yet. Uh, but then you go on to say that 2023 Jordan Love is better, and and you don't just say better, you say unequivocally better than Aaron Rodgers was last season to date. What makes you say that? Yeah, so it's, it's actually funny to me. I've, I've had I've had this thought now for a couple weeks, not even just kind of more recently. It's one of those things where you know as soon as you bring it up, it's just going to be a, a firestorm. <laughs> uh, but I, I think there's a, a, a real legitimate truth to it, and I'm kind of surprised that nobody else has really been talking about it as much. And it's something that I talked about even in the offseason where a lot of people were like, well, Green Bay, there's no way they could be even close to what they were a season ago. They're going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. And on, on, the pay, on paper and on the surface, yeah, yeah, of course, you're going from a Hall of Famer, arguably Mount Rushmore quarterback, like one of the greatest of all times to a first time starter. How can you possibly compare the two? But what you will notice is that Aaron in 2022 was not that guy. He was not the MVP. He was not the Mount Rushmore guy. And Aaron so eloquently pointed out on Pat McAfee, and he's a million percent right, that his down years are better than the vast majority of quarterbacks' best years. And he's right. But last year was still very easily, in my opinion, Aaron's worst season as a starting quarterback. And it wasn't terrible, bad ribs, broken thumb. And you could tell that there was just something that was off within the team and with him. And it just didn't go great. But that was not, again, the same GOAT level, Hall of Fame level Aaron Rodgers in 2022. And he was fine. He was good in his year last year, even though it was a down year, still better than the vast majority of quarterbacks' best years. He's totally right. But Jordan Love so far, this season, I would put ahead of him pretty easily from where uh, Aaron was at a season ago. We can, again, talk about the injuries that he had and those sort of things. But statistically, the level of play on the field, the way that Jordan's attacking the middle of the field, the way that this team has kind of been able to get this hot streak going against some really good teams, including a really great Kansas City defense this past week, we just didn't see this. In fact, Jordan had a 300-yard passing game I think it was a couple of weeks. I might have been against Detroit or either that or the week before that. Aaron didn't have a single one of those last year. Like just some things like that where it was such an uncharacteristic season for Aaron. And the, the true point here is that every other Aaron season might end up being better than every other Jordan season. <laughs> that could easily end up being the case. But those two seasons specifically, the 2022 Rodgers and the 2023 Love, right now give me 2023 Love. And I'm not sure it's particularly close at this point. Despite the fact that it seems fairly logical to you and to me now that you lay it out there, what was the reaction on social? Amazingly, not too bad. I was <laughs> bracing for the worst. I was bracing for impact. I don't know, maybe now that we're talking about it, Amy, maybe it'll be totally different. Uh, but yeah, it was actually, there's of course going to be always disagreement that's it, that comes with the territory, but usually anything like that is going to be caught you know, with some sort of like 50-50 and you're just going to get, you know, burned down on your timeline. But no, I would say the vast majority of people were in agreement. Um, I even got a couple like Captain Obvious gyps, like this, <laughs> like, like that, that this is like, of course he was better, which, and then of course there's a few in the opposite direction, but I was pleasantly surprised that at least thus far, my timeline has not been completely on fire. <laughs> 
All right, couple of quick injury questions so I can understand what's happening. What's the latest with Christian Watson? Yeah, Matt didn't give an update today. Christian's battled hamstring injuries all throughout the season and really even going into last season. It's been something, and we don't know for sure if it is a hamstring, if it isn't. I know a lot of people kind of saw it as as he was going down to the ground, he kind of grasped his hands, you know, hamstring maybe as he was trying to stay in bounds. But if you look at it closer, he went, he, he grabbed at it even before then, had to go down, not to avoid going out of bounds, but because he couldn't run anymore. So uh, it's one of those freak injuries. It's non-contact, which you, of course, never want to see. And like I said, Christian's been having basically his best football over the course of the past three, four weeks. So it, hopefully it's not anything long-term, but that has been a constant issue with Christian, these kind of soft tissue injuries, and hopefully this is one he can bounce back from quickly. And what about Aaron Jones? Are we still kind of going week to week with him? Yeah, still week to week, and same thing with Jair Alexander. Like, there hasn't been a ton of updates. It does seem like both of those guys are getting closer. It looks kind of last week like Jair was going to be able to go, but then he doesn't go. He said he was going to speak with reporters on Friday, but then didn't speak to reporters on Friday, and then was kind of a semi-surprise inactive during the game. And with Aaron Jones, like, I think they want to get him back, but they also don't want to bring him back and have him get hurt again. So they're being cautious. But these games now, especially uh, after a three-game winning streak, they got five games left against five winnable opponents. They're mm-hmm. the number seven seed in the playoffs right now. So they're going to want some of these guys back for this stretch run as soon as they can get them back. Andy Herman is with us from Green Bay because I was going schedule next. Looking at it, they're on the road at the Giants coming up next Monday night, correct? And then yep. Bucks at the Panthers, who have exactly one win against the Vikings, which is huge, in Minneapolis, followed up by home game versus the Bears. Uh, so, yeah, you're talking about mostly teams that are either below 500 or right at that Mendoza line. Yeah, the easiest schedule remaining for any NFL team, the the combined record for their five opponents is 20 and 40. So they have double the amount of losses that they have as wins. As I mentioned, Green Bay's already sitting in the number seven spot right now. A couple of those teams that they're fighting with, Seattle has an incredibly tough schedule coming up. The Vikings have two games against the Lions on their schedule. And the Packers have the tiebreaker with the Rams from beating them earlier this year and with the Saints from beating them earlier this year. You look at the, I know a lot of people start using the, the New York Times simulator. Basically, if they go 5-0 and or 4-1, and they're 100% chance of getting in the playoffs. If they go 3-2, and they're at 80 to 90%, depending on who they lose to. Um, and they've got an easy schedule to be able to complete that. So the thinking was maybe a few weeks ago that if they could steal one of the three games, that if they could go 5-0 and in this last stretch against some winnable teams, that maybe they could sneak in. They go 3-0 and in the last three games. And now if they can just finish 4-1, and maybe even 3-2, and there's going to be a really good chance that they're actually playing playoff football in January. It's crazy as that would have seemed three weeks ago. Yeah, it blows me away, too, because the NFC is so completely the opposite from the AFC, where it's very top-heavy, right? So you've got the Eagles, Cowboys, Lions, and Niners, and then the next best records are all all these teams that are 6-6. and So I have to ask you, Andy, and I honestly don't know this, so I'm interested in your answer. Before the season started, did you expect that playoffs would be part of the equation? I didn't expect that they would be in the playoffs, no, but I did expect them to have a very similar type of experience that they had last season when they went eight and nine. And I thought maybe there would be a similar opportunity where they'd be eight and eight. And maybe that last game could be a type of play in game or something like that. I, I, I kind of figured seven and 10, eight and nine, maybe nine and eight, if things went correctly and not completely out of the equation, 
No way did I expect them to be six and six. Like I said, a few weeks ago, did no way did I expect them to be able to put three straight wins together. The caliber, I know the chargers aren't as good and they've had some struggles as well, but even that Justin Herbert and the chargers coming in then the Lions, then the chiefs, I would not have expected that. So um, they've definitely exceeded my expectations. They still have the five games in front of them where if they go three and two, four and one, and they get in the playoffs or maybe even five and oh, it's going to look amazing. If somehow things do not go according to plan. And after this amazing stretch, they go two and three or one and four or something like that and miss out on the playoffs. That's still going to be a level of disappointing at this point. But uh, I think there's a really good chance that they get in. And they, like I said, they've far exceeded my expectations mm. so far. You mentioned young players, and there certainly are a bunch of either first or second year guys who are making a major impact. I can think of a few, but who's your favorite rookie in terms of performance so far? Like you said, there's a lot of different choices here. I'm going to go with a tie for two at wide receivers so far, Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. These two guys are really, really fun. Dontavian Wicks has a release game off the line of scrimmage and the ability to get open and separate like few rookies that have come through here. There's already been some small, slight comparisons to some of the stuff that Devontae Adams did early on. I'm not saying he's going to become Devontae Adams, obviously, but (laughs) just some of the things that he does as a route runner are really, really fun. And then Jaden Reed just brings a level of explosive playmaking ability. They can use him in the slot as a gadget guy. He's made multiple plays of 20 plus yards over the course of the season already. At one point he was tied uh, for second, only behind Tyree Kill. I'm not sure if the last couple of weeks, if he's still up there or not, but even still, like that's the type of numbers that he's putting out there. They're two really fun players. They keep getting better, and they are developing that rapport with Aaron Rodgers. They're both real fun and should pair extremely well with uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson moving forward. I love that you just said the rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> See, this is this is what we do late night, Amy. And, of course, when you're talking Aaron Rodgers for however many years that we've done it, it's, it's Jordan Love, it's Aaron Rodgers. We talk about all of it tonight, but it's always fun. Mm, always good stuff with Andy. So on Twitter, Andy Herman, NFL, from Green Bay. He's got the Pack-A-Day podcast and Packer Report. Just the sense of humor and the ability to see things a little bit differently. I like it, Andy, which is why you're one of our favorites. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, Amy. Thanks so much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.